Founders, welcome back to the Zero to 5,000 podcast, where we obsess over the convergence of human potential and business results. Today, our hosts, Drew McClure and Jordan Mitchell, have another insightful conversation for you. So let's jump right in. All right, founders, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are honored to be joined by Marley Major. Marley is the CEO of The Party Goddess, a nationally acclaimed full-service event planning and catering company. From understated elegance to rockstar fabulous, Major is known for creating the most talked-about parties of the year for a client list ranging from top-tier businesses to A-list celebrities such as Snoop Dogg, Sofia Vergara, and Britney Spears. And today, we get to hear her story and the story of her companies. So, Marley, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I love it. It's an honor to be on this great podcast. I've enjoyed listening to them. So yeah, hopefully I produce today. <laughs> it's going to be great. Okay. So tell us, how did you get into this? So I, it's like, you know, it would take four podcasts to tell you. So I'm going to try to just do it as like efficiently as possible. Um, but I got my business degree from Georgetown and for my junior year, I had to do it was my, like one of my first classes, I had to do a speech for like my public speaking class on what I knew more about than anybody else. Well, the more you know about me, the more you realize I should not have gotten into Georgetown in the first place. And so I was totally panicking. I'm like, oh my God, what I was saying to my mom, what am I going to do my, my topic on? There's nothing I know more about than these kids. Like they're so smart. And I was like about to flunk out. And so I had just come back from cooking school in Paris for the summer. And she's like, why don't you do it on French cooking? She said, because there's no way they, they are better cooks than you or have that kind of training. And I was like, okay, that's genius. I mean, I thought it's going to be like the only topic that is not on, you know, how to be a rocket science, but whatever. So I <laughs> did, I was on my way because this is how old I am. Um, I was on my way to get my film developed for my trip and I run into my professor. And of course I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I'm in your class and I'm so excited about the speech and this is my topic. And I said, and I have an interview with the chef from 1789. Well, anybody who knows DC, 1789 has practically been in DC since 1789. And it's this very fancy, very like proper restaurant in Georgetown. Well, I had never thought of having an interview with the chef from 1789. 1789 had never crossed my mind until that second. And she's like, <gasps> oh my gosh, that's my favorite restaurant. Oh, the food is so good. And I was just like panicked. So I go home to my roommates and I'm in tears. And cause I, now I'm thinking like, okay, now I'm really going to get kicked out of Georgetown, like for legit reasons. And so, you know, I say to my roommates, I don't have an interview with this guy. Like she's going to find out what am I supposed to do? And my roommate said, listen, they have this new chef from New York. He is too new to know like that he doesn't have to say yes to you, right? I'll set it up. And I was like, I just need to meet him so that it's like I can put it on my references or whatever the things you put in papers are. And so I meet him, I go and I'm all dressed up and, you know, and it's in the bowels of this like old building downstairs, basically in the basement. And here I am in like full hair and makeup, like, like I'm freaking, um, you know, Barbara Walters or something. And I meet him and I decide like, I need to marry him. I just look at him and go, Oh, I need to marry him. And, but I'm trying to figure out, Hey, I have still to do this interview and how am I going to marry him? Because I know I'm never going to see him again. Right. Cause he works in a basement like 24 hours a day. So the whole time I'm trying to do my interview, I'm trying to like, I'm kind of in sales mode, right? And I'm thinking, okay, like my dad would always tell me like, find a hole and fill it, find a hole and fill it. And I realized, okay, he doesn't speak Spanish. And I thought, okay, I speak Spanish. And he was like, obviously I was the only girl. So it's like, I don't know. And this is before the days of like diversity training, but I was like, maybe that could help. But I noticed on the menu that there were souffles and I had just come back from cooking school in Paris. Well, souffles, are a very difficult thing usually for a restaurant to have on the menu because there's so many things that can go wrong, right? So somehow I'm like seeding the conversation that I'm this Spanish speaking souffle master, I guess, because then at the end of the interview, I was just like, oh, well, like maybe I can come back and shadow you or whatever. I mean, he must've thought this is like, are you getting your PhD or what, what, you know? So He's like, okay, yeah. Now I find out later, he didn't think I was gonna show up, but I was like, oh yes. And he's like, fine, you can come back on whatever day. So once again, hair and makeup I am. And then guess what? Like 
he actually let me work the whole shift because I don't know, somebody hadn't shown up or whatever. But you know what it's like? You have somebody who's like an able-bodied person who wants to help out. Then I was like, well, could I just come back again? Like, you know, I didn't even care if I work for free. He's like, okay. So I would just keep coming back. Bottom line, I started working there three days a week. So I'd get out of school at 2.30 and I'd start my shift 3.30 to 11.30 so that I could, you know, try to marry him. And I did this for a year and it didn't work really because obviously I didn't get married. And then I, it's, now it's before my senior year. So now I'm going back to cooking school in Normandy and I'm thinking, I'm plotting like the entire summer, like, which is, you know, what girls do, like to ruin the guy's life. And meanwhile, the guy isn't even thinking anything. And I'm like, and then I'm going to do this and I'm his best employee. So I come back full hair and makeup once again. And like to just ruin his life and say that I'm not going to be able to work because my workload was too heavy. I mean, my workload was too heavy the year before too, but so he's like, okay, well, you know, that's a bummer. But he's like, oh, would you like to have dinner? And I was like, that was the only response I was not prepared for. So I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah. So we went out to dinner and then that's my senior year. And then I got engaged the month after graduation senior year. And then that's how I got into the restaurant business because by then I was like, well, dad, I'm never going to see my future husband. So then of course we had to get into the restaurant business. So we moved back to California where I'm from, started a restaurant. That's like a whole super long story. We got married. My whole thing was, I'm going to do a million in sales my first year. And remember, I, this is like, I'm 22, my first year in business. And I'm, all I'm focused on is, I'm going to do a million dollars, blah, 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 because I'm like Miss Goal Setting. Well, problem with that is if you spend 1.1, it doesn't matter that you hit your million dollar goal. So that's great, Marley. Right. Check. I hit the million dollars. But I didn't, you know, even with my Georgetown education, I evidently didn't, couldn't read a profit and loss statement. And so... You can imagine here I have like my life looks like amazing on the outside. This is before social media. You know, I'm like on the front page of these local newspapers with this, you know, super chef from New York and I'm young and oh, did I mention he's 20 years older? You know, and I'm like, you know, that was a whole other thing. So it, it was like the Kardashians of like 1992. If you in terms of like scandal, well, then. Everything looks great, but on the inside, I'm freaking out because I'm like, here, I have a freaking business degree from Georgetown and I cannot get these numbers to work. And so what do you do? You know, you expand or like, okay, I'll start a catering company from there. Oh, okay. Well, so then we took over a banquet operation. Like we just were like, okay, let's just go broader and broader searching. Okay. We just need more sales. Well, no, you don't need more sales. You need a plan to be profitable in the first place. So then he and I are working 24 hours a day, as you can imagine, you know, working together and me being freaking, you know, 20, I never had a boyfriend. My God, now I have a husband and like all this. <laughs> I have a hundred employees. So I decide like, you know, the best thing for a marriage that is challenged already is what's the answer survey says. Okay. What'd you say? I said, what's the answer to a marriage that's already in trouble? Like the best thing to fix it is, oh, survey says, a baby. and then I'm like, you have a baby. So I decide <laughs> I'm going to just have a baby. That's awesome. And so now I'm working 24 hours a day and then I have a baby. And so the baby is in front of the cappuccino machine because that was the only thing that was noisy and busy enough to hide like so the baby, whatever people can come visit the baby. And it was a freaking disaster. Well, then. My, and we, thank God at the time, kept getting offers to partner up and because we owned the land. And my dad was like, Marley, why don't you just do this? Like, you know, hate to say it, but you're not exactly knocking it out of the park, even though everybody else thinks you are, you are not. And then you've got this, okay, well, then I have a skiing accident. So now I have this really bad skiing accident. I'm in rehab. I'm in a brace Whoa. up to my hip. I'm having marital problem, blah, blah, blah. So then I was like, okay. But I just didn't want to give up. I was like, I don't give up. And and thank God I finally listened to my dad because we partnered up with this other restaurant group, right? Well, then that was great financially. Long story or not so long sh short, I ended up getting divorced. Now I'm a single mother. And now I'm like, okay, awesome. Okay, great. My dad is like, you always loved the parties. Just do the parties. So I thought, perfect. I'm not going to have 100 employees. I'm not going to have all this overhead. I can't blame it on all these other things. So I start the party goddess. Well, you can imagine I was at a very low point in my life because here you go from, I was cocky as hell doing my, oh, I just did a million dollars in sales every year, blah, blah, blah. And now I'm like at the bottom of the barrel. So 
that's why I actually called myself the party goddess because I was like, what is like a go bigger go home name? Because I was so depressed anyway. I don't like that. I was just like, I mean, they're going to laugh no matter what. So then I remember the first industry convention meeting like I went to and and my boyfriend at the time, because I was very good at this these days at, at acquiring boyfriends, was introduced me and it was like he was in the industry and he's like, oh, yeah. And this is Marley. She has a company called The Party Goddess. Okay. LA and New York, two very competitive markets. So you can imagine that, A, I don't exactly have the confidence um, that I once had. And they were like, the party got, like, like you needed smell-o-vision, like the look on their faces. They were like, what's that? Like, and I just remember thinking, okay, I am depressed and down and out, but I was like, I will freaking one day own you. And I thought, you got to come up with a plan, girl, because everybody is like laughing. You have no, nothing to distinguish yourself. There are, you know, 500,000 something event planners in the English speaking world. Like what set me apart? Then I thought, okay, listen, I have to strategize. And I thought I grew up with very wealthy friends and they always on spring break and always we'd be reading magazines, doing stuff they were always looking at what the celebrities were doing. Like if the celebrities had a lip gloss, if the celebrity, they were like, oh, and I'm laughing because with some of these girls, I was like, you could own those celebrities 10 times over. What do you care what lip gloss they're using or what bathing or whatever? But I was fascinated that everybody seemed to care what celebrities were doing. So I was like, okay, that's it. I'm going to get me some celebrities. And then I was like, okay, but how exactly am I going to do that? So then I just put my goals out there and then I, I start, you know, I write them down. And then I say to my friend, I'm like, hey, listen, I need some celebrities. And she's like, okay, well, I have a friend who's in PR, it's for fashion, but maybe you could talk to her. So I tell her my whole deal. And she's like, okay, well, we do this gifting kind of stuff. Maybe you could put like a gift certificate or something in and try to attract these celebrities. I was like, awesome. So we do this and I make this gorgeous, like it was not like a gift certificate. It was, it might as well have been like, I mean, freaking Chanel had nothing on me. This thing was like do peony silk, the most gorgeous thing. And I was of course like the party goddess and blah, 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 whichever fill in the celebrity. And I sent out these gift certificates. Freaking A man. If I wasn't sitting on the floor in my office, like doing God knows what kind of invitation assembly. And my assistant was like, Jamie Spears is on the phone. And I was like, what? Like, I still have chills telling, I'm like, Jamie, they're like Britney Spears' dad. I was like, I know who Jamie Whoa. Spears is. I was like, what does he want? Like, And I'm, at this point, I'm thinking, oh my God. And then I was like, the gift certificates. And then I was like, the effing gift certificates worked. No way. So here I talk about fake it till you make it. I was loving that like Zambezi woman you had on. That's a freaking great. She did a great interview and she was talking about how like, you know, sometimes you have imposter syndrome and all that. And I was just like, well, hello, Mr. Spears, you know, like showing up <laughs> like with my briefcase. Like, what else do you do? I mean, it was ridiculous. But then I was like, listen, girl, freaking get it together. Like, because, you know, I couldn't embarrass the girl that introduced me to these people. I certainly was not about to totally fall flat on my face. Well, then the next celebrity called. Then the next, like, and I just thought, freaking hey, this is working. So yeah. guess what? Then the paparazzi is trying to follow me, figuring out where I'm going to the event. They're trying to get the dirt on Britney Spears. They're trying to get... And I'm just realizing at the end of the day, this is a machine, right? And if at the end of the day, I could have been the best event planner in the world, but it's like that whole saying, like if the tree falls in the forest, like, and nobody hears it, does it matter? That's exactly what it was. Soon as I had celebrities, freaking amazing. I had written at this point, a business book to solve my own problems. Oh, all of a sudden it was like Fox news, MSNBC. Everybody's like, Oh, would you like to come on and talk about the book? I'm like, so then guess what? I have a business book and they're going, oh, event planner to the stars. Marley Major is here to talk to you about her. And I was just like, but what does that have to freaking do anything? Like, like this was a great book before, but oh no, I got me some celebrities and now I must know what I'm doing. And then at the end of the day, 
like the whole, as I say, the book I wrote to solve my own problems and then that kind of went in its own thing. And so now I do consulting stuff with other entrepreneurs on pricing and profit and I have the profit goddess. And so now I have both things, but that's the, as short a story as I possibly could condense it into that. So now that's, you take it from right. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's all on you. <laughs> earlier when you asked me a question and I didn't know what to say because I literally felt like I was in the audience just listening. Like I forgot I was a part of the interview. <laughs> like, this is so that's fascinating. Good, right? That's good when you're like, it's oh, amazing. Wait, me in the audience. Oh, you, you, who? <laughs> hello. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh, she's talking, she's talking to me. Oh, okay. Right, here we right. go. Like you're the only one that matters at the moment of looking at my screen. I love this. So many, uh, one, it's just amazing to see, your personality throughout your story. And, you know, we talked about on the previous episode, you mentioned, we talked about, you know, imposter syndrome, yeah. uh, getting these opportunities early in life. Yeah. And how do you navigate that? Was it different? Was it different in your attitude and your mindset coming into uh, party goddess uh, starting to take off versus when you started the first restaurant at 20 years old? hundred percent because when i started the first restaurant you have to understand i was literally like you talk about you know the guys in finance and stuff that have master of the universe complex i mean remember i literally say to myself in an interview i'm gonna marry the guy and however long it is and i'm 19 years old and i manifest that the month after graduation then oh guess what i convinced my parents oh yeah Let's get this restaurant. And oh, by the way, we end up getting it from a family friend. And my mom closes the deal after mass, like on the church steps, no joke. And then, and so I'm just like, I have the Midas freaking touch, man. You move over. Well, the good Lord had a lot to say about that and let my balloon go very, very high. And then, so when I was in that mindset, I was like, um, like, hi, banker. Would you like to take a meeting with me? You know, like I'm available to <clears throat> please don't, <clears throat> you know, look up my past financial records <clears throat> as I'm starting. Like, can I open a checking account? Like, I, I think I've got 20 in cash, right? I mean, it was a completely different mindset. When I say I was at the bottom, like I was, I was, I, I mean, at one point my girlfriend said, if you are going to eat the Ben and Jerry's every night, could you just change your t-shirt so that it doesn't, you don't see the, the <laughs> Labor's piling up, you know, and she's like, I get it. Hopefully depression has some sort of expiration date, but then it's like one of those things. I just, you get tired of hearing your own story. And quite frankly, that, that those people at that thing that were like, oh, like made such fun of me. I was like, that is all I needed. And I was like, dude, I will get up day and night. Cause like once I'm like a dog with the bone and I was like, mm. oh, hell no. Like I can tell myself I'm down and out. I can eat a case of Ben and Jerry's a day, but don't you dare tell me I can't do it. Cause now I'm like, oh yeah. And now I'm laughing at these clowns. I'm like, oh yeah, hoo -hoo, where are you superstar? Like meanwhile, I'm in People <laughs> Magazine. I'm just going, yeah, but, but who cares? Whatever drives you, you know, whatever gets you out of bed, we all need something. But if you want to talk about a shift, it was from like, I can do no wrong to, I really don't even think I can do anything right. I'm going to guess keep trying because at this point I have a kid. I, you know, I don't want to jump off a bridge and be one of these. So you, you know, you figure it out. Right. And then yeah. I figured it out, but, but, you know, Lord knows it has not been an easy ride. Let's put it that way. No matter what it looks like now, the, the ride is very, was very perilous. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, you know, humility and resilience were, kind of produced in you in, in some of that early chapter. Um, but I'm also just curious at your, I don't know, maybe personal philosophy around some of the things you said several times. I had a goal, I put it out there, and then I saw things start to happen. Like, how do you think about that? Well, I could tell you, I think about it in the airiest, fairiest of ways, which I will say, because I live in California and I, and I certainly know that world. But then I also think about it in the, like then kind of graduate to the Deepak Chopra ways, then kind of graduate to, you know, think and grow rich, like, you know, on a not totally different end of the spectrum where 
you clearly identify what you want, you know, or the Stephen Covey stuff. I mean, I still have all my Stephen Covey sheets that I would do. <laughs> I'd write out my goal in the present tense, like as if I already have it. I have, I am. I would use smart goals before I think they were even smart goals, like a specific amount. I would reread them every day. I would, but then I would do the, the, the stuff that's like in the secret of where, you know, I'd make the vision board and because I, my philosophy was like, throw the mud at the wall. Like if I'm going to say a prayer at night to God and Jesus, I'm going to add Vishnu, Allah, all of them. Let's just cover everybody <laughs> and just say, should you be up there? I'm equal opportunity. And so I literally hit it from every angle. And, and here's the other thing. People would be like, oh my gosh, that's, that stuff is such baloney. You know, not so much when you said like goal setting, right? But I would listen to CDs, like when they were CDs, like when you had an iPod, I would just literally listen to this stuff. I'd listen to it as I went to sleep. I would re-listen to it. I would listen to, I just kept telling myself, girl, you got enough head games going on to keep you from doing anything that I don't even care if it was a placebo effect, right? I was like, I don't care if this manifestation stuff, like if, if, if they just say, see a green car and I just see green cars, to me, there's really no downside. And but what is crazy is, you know, you, then you get a little bit older and frick, I will pull my, like, I never liked the board vision boards because that's not, I'm kind of a little bit OCD. So I have this like book, right? There was like a watercolor book where I could glue all my stuff and then it could get put away, but I could still look at it. What is so weird is to go back and see some of these celebrities in the freaking book. And I totally Whoa. forgot that the ones that I had worked with. And I remember I didn't even literally didn't remember that I had put Gwyneth Paltrow as one of my potential clients, right? In my, in my dumb book at the time, because at the time it was a dumb book. I mean, it was literally like the party goddess is amazing. Like I was making up my own testimonials at this point. I was having my graphic artist. I kid you not put me on superimpose me on time magazine, like, woman billionaire of the year. I changed all my passwords to be some version of like skinny billionaire. Don't try to hack me because they're <laughs> different. I mean, I was just like, so people would come over for the Wi-Fi, and I'm like, that's skinny with a capital S. I mean, I was, I was like, I want it every time I log into my computer. I was just like, I will not give up. And so that is still, I still, at the end of the day, believe in the very simple thing. You cannot hit a target you can't see, you know? Yeah, that's right. And so, and then I have an active mind. I'm sure you're surprised to hear that. And so I don't, you know, I could go real housewives of Orange County binge watching and, you know, be like, okay, I'm going to now be addicted to cocaine and go down a very dark lifestyle. Or I can channel all this into let's do some good in the world and stay focused on it. And, you know, so that's, that's what I have done. And I still do that. And no one will ever convince me ever. And the value uh, against the value of like goal setting and, uh, and all man manifest, whatever you want to call it. I, I just, yeah, I, I can show you my books that are, that are, you could prove how old they are. And there they freaking are. It's That's wild. celebrities. It's nuts. So I love, first off, I love just the idea of throwing everything at the wall. Like, hey, man, I'm going to come at this from every angle. Right. You know, let me just throw everything at the wall. Mm -hmm. I'm curious now mm -hmm. what has kind of naturally stuck, right? So you throw some things against the wall and you're like, ah, that didn't stick. Mm -hmm. But now you're probably still setting goals and you're yep. probably yeah. still wanting, you know, wanting something else you're moving towards, which of those things are still resonating with you now that you implement? Well, so overarching goals now, no matter what are at the foundation of all my goals. So for, what I mean by that is one of my goals is always, because now I have different entities and, you know, you, you guys, like I'm a serial entrepreneur, right? So I, you know, you branch out into different things, but my overarching goal is always that each business is cash flow positive and profitable. Period. End of subject. My next overarching goal is that my passive income is double my expenses, no matter what kind of a bender I went on at Burger Goodman, right? Like, 
I now is it totally there yet? Not quite, but the way I look at it is if I am always just keeping that in my mind, my passive income is twice my expense of my passive income, then it informs your decisions, right? Because then you start saying, yeah, I could put a little extra to my mutual fund this month. Okay, yeah, I could put a, or it forces you to really have um, your goals and your your week set up so that you are looking at your numbers constantly, you know, and, and yeah. now it's easy. Now I don't have to spend too much time on my numbers, right? Cause the framework is there and I have all these triggers that are like alarm bells. If something starts getting out of whack, but that's what's stuck with me. The other thing that has really stuck with me is, is, you know, go back to this imposter syndrome. When I was in the restaurant business, essentially looking back on it, I was kind of living a lie, right? Because I needed to project this, perfect like family persona like everything was good everything was and then after the restaurant I was like I'm already flattened right I mean you you can't you can't go any lower than like below seawater who cares at that point so I was just like this is my personality right like a, a lot of this just just didn't show up because I was so worried about you know I'm in a conservative place I mean Pasadena California might as well be like little Connecticut I mean you are you know, it's just much better when I mean, your family's here, you just kind of conform. And then when I just was like, yeah, you know, somebody would have a new client would ask me a question. I'd be like, I think that is just so stupid when people do 66 inch round tables and the tablecloths don't touch the floor. And if you don't think that's stupid, then yeah, I probably can't work with you, you know, and, and people would be like, wait, because I was the only person saying like that, it, why those tables are so dumb. Everybody does it can't we just configure things a little, it doesn't even cost more. And when I started yeah. saying that, or when I started what quote, speaking my mind, then people would be like, I love her. Or they would say, that girl drives me insane. Now that's not fun to hear, but the ones who are like, honey, I don't care that she's more expensive than those other two, they don't get it, she does. I, I, that's who we have to work with, you know? And so I think yeah. when so the, the other overarching thing is at the end of the day, I'm not going to be hiding anymore, right? Like I, whether it's in a podcast like this, like I'm not going to sit here and say, oh yeah, today I had no problems. And yesterday I had no problems. I mean, if you want to start focusing on that, I could be like, I'm working on this and this and this and this. And by the way, I've been working on this a little too long. And clearly my aptitude is not great over here because, so I just was like, I'm just going to say it. I'm not necessarily going to give you my social security number when I'm saying it, but I'm going to call it like it is and be like, you know what? Not my strength. Um, working on it, but yeah, you are correct. Not so good. So I think that, and that has served me very, very well because at the end of the day, whether it is the banker or the lawyer or a client or something, they're like, at least we know it's a straight shot. You know, mm. they, you're like, you know what you're dealing with. And I'm going to yeah. tell you, I will still execute the dolphins in the pool for you. Absolutely. I want you to know PETA will be here tomorrow protesting. And as long as you're good with all the fallout, I will figure it out <laughs> also. But I am going to tell you this is what's going to happen. Right? And yeah. then we go from there. Wow. Hey, here's what I love. The easiest way to stand out is by being yourself. Yes. And most True. of us don't know that. Like we think, hey, to stand out, I need to be like everyone else. I need no, to find out what they're not. doing and mimic it, you know? No. No. And the other thing you're mentioning in that authenticity of like, I'm going to speak my mind. I'm going to tell you what I like, what I don't like, is that is a great way to blow up that idea of imposter syndrome. Because if you really are being yourself, yeah. You're not having that feeling as much anymore because you're not right. pretending, right? Well, and that's a, that's a, that's, I had never really thought of it that way, but, but you make a great point is that it's, it's almost like, you know, I, I don't know. There's that whole thing of like, when you're afraid of something, like you turn around and face the tiger. So it's kind of like the same with imposter syndrome. And, and I maybe, you know, just naturally just was like, you know what? Sorry, Mr. Banker account, whatever. I'm going to ask a million questions because there's uh, like no surprise. 
I have some skeletons in my closet, so that's why I'm going to ask a lot of questions, right? And then you kind of disarm people because you're like, okay, yes. I'm probably the dumbest one in the room. No worries. I'll admit it. But I still need to ask you these questions because I still don't understand this contract or what you're talking about. And and what people forget is they think asking a lot of questions makes them look stupid or like they don't know what they're talking about. It's the exact opposite. The more questions you ask, I mean, I'm not saying just asking them for the sake of wasting time, but the more questions you ask, that's the best way to serve a customer. That's the best way to complete a project. That's the best way to, because I can't tell you so many times people go, well, I just assumed X, Y, Z. I'm like, well, then don't ever work with high-end clientele because the one thing you can never do is assume. These mm. people have money to spend and they will spend it. However, if they have told you one time they do not like scallions, you better freaking put that in the notes and that better never show up because otherwise to them, you are stupid. And how could you freaking not? Yeah. It's like, I will pay you. It's like, I will say to even people like around me, like I just have certain pet peeves, you know, it's like, whether it's about my lunch, like if we're on a job site and, and my assistant knows if you can't find me still get a chicken salad or something, chicken and vegetables dressing on the side. I'm going to want a diet Coke or an iced tea, blah, 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 blah. But, but, don't, I don't want mayonnaise. I don't want a sandwich. I don't want, like, there are very, very few things that I depend on. However, mm. that is one of them. Do not come back with my cappuccino as a latte. Do not come. Mm. Now, that might sound like I'm the most high maintenance person in the world. No, I will actually say, forget about all those other things. I will sit on the ground and work. I don't need a napkin. I don't need work. However, for me to function, at the rate I need to function and for my synapses to be firing and remembering all these things and all these details that we and all of our families, by the way, are being supported by, I need a cappuccino and a chicken salad, right? <laughs> and that then is, and, and like space to not have everybody yammering at me. If I have that, I can solve any problem in the world. I don't have that, we are going you know, you're not going to get your mortgage paid this month, ma'am. Wow. Because it's, you just, I don't even know how I got on that subject, but. No, I, hold on. I love this. I want to stay here for a second. Yeah. This is something that I've, I've noticed both in the interviews I've done as well as just the books I've read. I'm like you, I love reading different books. Oh, yeah, I love yeah. Think and Grow Rich. I love biographies, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. What I've noticed a common through line, a common trend in a lot of successful people is they they are very clear on what they want and what they need yes. and they don't really have any guilt about it. None. Now, sure, that can tip into selfishness, but often it's not. Often it is just if if you're talking to an athlete, they understand for me to be at my best, I right. I need this and they're also very clear on what they like. I like this, I don't like this, and they don't waste time on things they don't like. And so I struggle with that. That has been part of the last few years of me kind of growing up in business and growing up as a, well, let me help you with a, it. a human because I, I, you know, I kind of had some baggage, you know, religious baggage, you know, growing up baggage. That's like, right. you're not allowed to want things. You're, right. yeah. you, you're supposed to just kind of go along and get along and, and please people. Yeah. And, and I, one of the first times it clicked and then I want, I want you to preach to me. I'm happy to preach because I got the family stuff, the baggage stuff, the, all that, that can, I'm going to play right down the, the line here. So keep okay. going. So one of the first times that it really clicked was, have you heard of uh, Rick Rubin? Yeah. He's a famous producer. He's produced across genres, some of the biggest hits in music. I was watching an interview with him and they were asking like, what has made you such a good producer? Yeah. And he said, um, I, I, I got really clear on what my taste was. And then I never, I never doubted it. Mm -hmm. And so he said, I have some artists that don't like my taste and that's fine because I'm not the right producer for them. No worries. And he's like, but if I have another artist who likes my taste, all I'm doing is listening. As I'm listening to music, I'm listening to my taste. Exactly. I don't like that. I like that. And I was like, that's the simplest thing I've ever heard. But I realized in that moment, I don't really know my taste. I've ignored, I've ignored asking myself, what do you want? What do you like? What do you not yeah. like for so long that it's like I'm out of touch with my taste? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, hundred well, hundred percent. Because let's whether it's baggage or this or that, or you haven't spent time on doing it, 
it, it happens at the same thing happens at different times for all of us. Like, like when I was getting divorced and, 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 you know, starting this new company, remember now I can start the new company and guess what? I don't have partners. I don't have anybody like it could, the logo could be any color. The name could be any color that could be any font. It could be any, so you're kind of staring at a blank slate and going from always doing it this way to kind of please and kind of, you don't really know where to, to put your stake in the ground. And, but now for me, like productivity is one of my most important things. Why? Because if I'm productive and get things done quickly and efficiently as, as much as you can, right? Then guess what? Then I have the time that I want to spend with my kids or on my other clients or philanthropy or whatever. The productivity helps the freedom. It frees up the space. Now I can use some of that time to work more if I want or help a friend if I want or spend, you know, help my dad, whatever it is. But that productivity, like, enables that. But the, the key thing is that then, you know, kind of when I was already like, I mean, I was already the black sheep in my family. Nobody in my family even gotten divorced. And here I am like Catholic, 100% divorced. Like it did get annulled, but still. So this is, I was like, what else are they going to say? I mean, I'm already kind of like, ha ha, look at her. So that's when I really started. And, I, and then I started putting it in my book. And these were some of the things I came up with. Like I started outsourcing. This is going to relate in a second. I started outsourcing things. I realized I hate to do errands. I hate it. I realize some people love it. I hate to pick up dry cleaning. I hate to pick up anything. I hate to park and get out of my car. I don't know if it's ADHD. I don't know what it is. But I was like, freaking, I'm going to have an assistant do it. I hated cleaning the house. I hated picking my kids up from school. I'm not saying it. I hated spending time with my kids. I'm saying for whatever reason, the pick up the carpool line the rules, the sign that this don't tag, I just insanity to me. Mm. So I was like, I am not good at those things. I, and I'm so bad at them and I hate them. Like I finally, you know, maybe it's just journaling and stuff. I was like, I'm sorry. I hate them. So then I would have my assistant do that or go to the market or take for, this was a big one, take the car to get gas and take the car to get to the car wash. And my parents, my family were like, oh my God, she's so high maintenance. She can't even take her car to the car wash. <laughs> so then I started doing the math. And then when I showed my dad the math, I said, listen, here's the deal. To take the car for gas and to get a car wash. I'm gonna have to drive there. That's gonna be 15 minutes. I'm gonna get the gas. I'm gonna get the car washed. Even if I do it the most no line time, there's no way it's not gonna take me an hour and 15 minutes to get, to get all that done, right? Let's talk about what I can do in an hour and 15 minutes. In an hour and 15 minutes, I can send out an email newsletter. I could follow up with you about podcasts. I could pitch 10 other podcast hosts. I could follow up with my clients. I could return one more call. I could send one more email and say, hey, listen, I could set up a time to, to do a proposal for a client. There's, I could do this whole podcast, the whole thing. Everything's soaking yeah. wet in an hour and 15 minutes, right? Or I can hire somebody these days, things are a little more expensive, but let's just, let's say soaking wet as an employee with payroll taxes, vacation, everything for $25 an hour. So you tell me, then you get very clear. So that's how you can become very clear. You can be like for $25, this person, oh, by the way, they're going to do a better job and it's going to be a lot less expensive. You want to know why? Because when I'm at the car wash, I'm buying, you know, oh yeah, add the bubble gum scent. Yes, add the tire rim cleaner. If I go to the market, my girlfriend said, I, I was like, she was making fun of me. I said, fine, I'm going to go to the market. I just had to get a, like literally a couple things. So I think I was baking or something. $672, I came back. She goes, how? <laughs> how? And I swear to you, I was buying books. I think I was buying backups for my CD. I was like, woo, because I hadn't been in the market. I probably was hungry. I have ADHD. I probably hadn't taken my Adderall. On and on. So it makes sense. And then guess what? The fewer decisions, this is, this is proven data. Decisions cause fatigue in your brain. And we only have so much bandwidth, right? And so guess yep, what? Yep. I don't want my decisions at the car wash. I don't want it to be about bubble gum, whatever. I want to be like, here's how you go to the car wash. You're going to get this. You're going to get this. You're going to get this. You're going to pay on this credit card. You're going to turn in for this receipt. Thank you. That's $25. And me, I'm going to be over here sequestering myself for an hour and 15 minutes with my chicken salad and my, you know, passion fruit iced tea, two Splendas, 
and I'm going to crush it. Right. And <laughs> so now to me, if I do these things, I can either do this or I can do this. And depending on how efficient I am, I mean, there's no way I couldn't make 375 bucks, let's say, or something in that versus 25. I mean, so I'm up 350 an hour, right? Yeah. To, to just make those choices. But it boils down to like, it's in its practice because I've totally been where you are, you know, where you're in it for whatever reason, it's baggage or it's just, you know, being down on yourself for a long time and you just go, I don't even know what I like. I don't even, and then, you know, girls are like, oh, I don't even care. Nobody even, who cares? There's like, I shouldn't eat chicken anyway. So you go, you get into this whole mind game, but if it, it, you should just do it with a good friend or your spouse or whatever, and like have them ask you questions and like, just watch your face. Now you can't do it on the phone. You can't do it via text. Because if I did this exercise with you right now and I was like, okay, so tell me like, what's the problem? Do you need more time? Do you need more? Your face would show me every reaction I would need. You would give me your tells. You might be like, yeah, that's it. I don't have enough time. And I'll be like, mm, not it. Okay. Are you, do you need, like, do you feel like you need a vacation? And you're going to be like, yeah, uh, I don't know. And then, but eventually it's like, you go boom, boom, boom. And then you hit and you'd be like, yeah. And then I'd be like, wow. thank you very much. Cause it isn't just your words. It's somebody paying attention, which is what we do in sales, right? You know, you see somebody, they're kind of going through the motions. It's all these nonverbal cues. So you do the exercise with somebody who's like, okay. And sometimes you come up with really random things. Like I, I hate email. I just, I have tried everything now. And I've tried so many different things. Well, guess what? You know, you read and read and read, and then you try these different techniques. So I stumbled upon not a new concept, concept, um, con, what is it? Content or habit stacking where yeah. you kind of do one thing and then you like it. And so I was like, okay, everybody makes fun of me for my baths that I take. I'm sure this is an ADHD thing that I like the baths and the Epsom salt, but I do. So I go, you know what, guess what? I'm going to read my freaking emails in the bathroom. So guess what? There are some days I, I take a two and a half hour bath. I certainly do. And but guess what? I get all my emails done. And guess what? It's painless because mm. I'm thrilled. I have the most beautiful bathroom. I light my candles. <laughs> I do my thing. Nobody will dare come and get you. I will tell you. I mean, you can have kids. You can have them there be like, well, I'm not touching that. And... I'm just like, yep, boom, 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 boom. I don't even notice it. I get out, I'm 120 emails up, you know, like, wow. Thank you. But here's the thing it goes to knowing yourself. So, yeah. If you, if, if you said to me, oh, just, I'd be like, that's the dumbest damn thing I ever heard. But the other thing that I do is I get up in the morning and when I do my workouts, right? And always for some reason, I don't know if it's just because I've had a coffee or the day is in front of me and I'm like, I've got this to do and I've got this to do. And so I started thinking, this is ridiculous. So I, I have this app, Temi, and I started just data dumping per subject into Temi, almost like it was a diary. So I'm like launching this new class next year for the first time in like four years. I'm way too in my head about it. So I was like, oh my gosh, Marley, just freaking tell Temi. Like, so I went in and I just started, okay, so I've got to come up with my homework for this class. I've got to do blah, blah, blah. I just started talking to the thing. Guess what? came up with all the ideas, sent the thing in for transcription, comes back $2 later or whatever. Now, granted, it's like, um, you can hear a car honking, you can hear all written in the transcript. But in that were all the nuggets I needed about my webinar. And all wow. I had to do was just start stripping it away. And so guess what? Content stacking. So now when I have something, or habit stacking. So now when I have something that I just can't fix. I'm like, just go try walking for 20 minutes. And just, it's very different when you're telling the tape, you know, the equivalent of the tape recorder. Okay, I don't have any ideas, you know, blah, blah, blah. But you know, you're on going to be on a walk for 20 minutes. So you're just like, okay, well, I guess maybe I could do this. Well, and then I'll, you, I'll even hear myself say, well, that's kind of stupid. And then I'll say, well, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. but then you don't even realize it. And you're like, even if you had two or three good ideas. And then the beautiful part is I like, I hate like doing procedures and stuff, but I also hate repeating myself. So I started dictating procedures into Temi. Like this is what how is Temi? You do this. What? 
What is Timmy? Timmy's just this app. I think it's even free. It's T-E-M-I. You just literally talk into it like a voice recording. But what I love is it immediately goes, you can say it'll save as a voice recording and you just label it. And then you just send it for transcription. It comes back oh. instantly and ready wow. for my other super hack. Yeah, I please. started doing it and then I distilled it down and then you get the transcription, okay? Or your ideas or your procedure, whatever it is. Then I run it into ChatGPT and ask ChatGPT how to make it better. And then ChatGPT cleans up the whole blasted thing. And I'm like, I am. Come on. Yeah. That's brilliant. Right? Oh, I love that. That's but, awesome. But it comes from a place of why am I, like it comes from a, like, a, like a negative place, kind of what you're talking about, where you have this bag, you know, where I'm like, I feel badly I have ADHD. It's hard for me sometimes. I can't focus or learn like other people or, you know, then I beat myself up. Like why, why am I the only one who can't freaking do email and be okay with it? Like, what's my problem? But then when you just Damn. go, okay, just meet you, yourself where you are. Like, okay, I'm horrible at that, but I get hyper-focused. And if I'm in the bathtub and I'm hyper, like, so those two things, that chemistry is perfect, but you have to just keep looking for the ideas and just keep saying, I'm just going to meet myself where I am. There's ain't nothing too much I can do about this. I'm already doing everything else I can for the, to cure the ADHD. You know what I mean? And now this yeah. is the result. So, but I will tell you that Temi thing to transcription to chat GPT, freaking A, man. I'm like a machine. I literally, I'm like a machine. With all those dude, that is I I love that. So just for the audience, you, I think you've already made it clear. But habit stacking is when you've already got one habit, and you That's decide right. is there something else that yeah. I've been wanting to do yes. that I could do on top of that while I'm already doing the other thing. So yeah. for you, you already like taking baths, you already yeah. like doing that, and you thought I could actually do emails uh, right. somehow without electrocuting myself. But I could I could do Correct. emails while in the bath. That's stacking the habits. I have another friend. He's like, man, I've, I miss reading. I miss learning and development. But he's got four kids. He's got a full-time job. And so he was like, I don't know what to do. And then it hit him. I could listen to Audible on my commute to and from work. And that's yeah. a habit stack. I'm already driving to work. I could right. put Audible on. And now I've at least, I'm doing two things at once that work really well together. Right? Exactly. So I want to say this too, just in case any friends give you crap about the bathtub thing. There's another famous productive person who loved taking baths while doing correspondence, and his name was Winston Churchill. Shut up! For real? Yes. I love that guy. I, like, never, 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 ever, ever, ever give up, or whatever the exact quote yes. is. He's my guy. Oh, yes. my gosh. You made my so, year. I'm telling you, he got, he got shit from the public when they found out the leader of, you know, the country during a war was taking baths, and he... He was unapologetic. He's like, that's where I do my correspondence. I, yep. I sit in there. I can think clearly. I write to the front lines and I read the reports coming in. Oh, right. And he won, he won the freaking war while taking a bath. So there you go. <laughs> I'm going to be like, um, if you'd like to know how to win the war, please join the podcast where I discuss it. Yeah. But that's. Yes, I'm serious. But here's the thing is that that was a dude who was confident. I mean, that's so inappropriate to call Winston Churchill a dude. He was a gentleman who was confident in himself, knew what worked and, and stuck yes. with it. Was like, oh, yes. well, okay. I mean, people are going to make fun of you anyway, right? People make fun of me all the time. So now I'm just like, I don't even thank you next. But guess what? Yeah. I just got all that done. So. Yeah. And again, he's he was a great example for me of, that like one, he knew himself well. He knew he knew what he was good at, and he knew what he wasn't. So he doubled down yeah. on his articulation. Yeah, he knew I can talk better than other leaders. Right. And one of the things he knew was Hitler was motivating his people through talking, and he was like, "Oh, I can match you there." And so yeah. he started doing his bar his broadcasts, and like, "I'm gonna fire my people up. I'm gonna you know meet you there." Right. Uh, but then he outsourced a lot of other stuff he wasn't good at. Like he really relied on his generals and yes. he really relied on their reports. And yeah. I mean, it was, it's a great story. There's a book called the splendid and the vile that does an entire recount from all the correspondent, like basically from 
what we gather from his personal secretary to his own journal to newspapers, and it takes you through him getting into office in the middle of the war all the way to the end of that. You might love it. It was, it was a I'm fascinating gonna, book. I'm That's next on my list, like 100%. So good. Yeah. You get the inside out of this person and what he was like and his self-doubt and moments of fear, but also moments of amazing victory. And uh, it's really, really cool. Well, um, I think that for entrepreneurs, kind of one thing, like I know these days the climate is so weird and there's so much stuff and, you know, they're saying like mental health crisis and, you know, suicide rates are up and all that stuff. I think it's a really important message to make sure to continue to hit home is no matter what it looks like on Instagram or on the outside world, you know, if you accomplish anything in the in, in life, you have tremendous, tremendous lows. You might, nobody might know that, but in your head, you have tremendous lows. You, you can't have that. You can't have those high highs without freaking getting creamed many times mm. because you're, you're taking risks and big risks have big potential downfalls. So I think it's just like if, if people who are listening have failed at something or whether it's a relationship, a business, a segment of the business they thought was going to work, you know, spent money on a consultant that they thought was going to do. And didn't, you just got to get up again, like our friend Winston Churchill would say, and you, and you just never, never, never give up. Because I promise you, every single one of us has had like self-doubts and more where you're just like, I don't think I can do it. Like, I think yeah. I better just, it's not working, right? And then something changes, something changes the tide, but it has to be acknowledged that that is part of it. And if you can't handle that, then you got to get out. But you know, we all have it. So there's yeah. no one. I don't care. Jeff Bezos just comes out right now with this Vogue thing with Lauren Sand. Everybody's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. You can be Jeff Bezos on that $550 million yacht and whatever. And I'm just like, oh, sweet Jesus, that looks amazing. I'll tell you right now, I'm sure Jeff Bezos has still got a couple employees that are just in his craw as he's doing those yeah. photos. And I'm sure you can't, it, 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 you, you don't get it. You, you don't get the good without the bad. So Pardon? good. That's so good. Holy crap. This has been, this has been one of my favorite interviews all stinking year. Oh, I am, I'm serious. I, 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 I was personally just encouraged by your, your authenticity, but like, be you like I, that's it was just shining through this idea you're yeah. communicating to us like own what you like do what you want you know know who you are yeah don't apologize for that that's like that's water to my soul well and it's like it, it, we all have quirks that are make it so great you know some people just like this is how they eat their you know tuna salad with sweet pickles and whatever and you find out these weird things about people and and you're like no way. Or you find out that they will, you know, always, like I just saw something about Patrick Mahomes or something. He, he always does this before a game and it, you're like, no way. And then, but then I'm not even a sports person. I'm like, I, that has, it catches my attention. Right. Because yeah, just so, so shine a light on all those things. If you're super short, like own being the super short person, if you're like the giraffe, Kevin owner, Hart. whatever, because yes, yes. you will not, you know, you won't be forgotten. Uh, that's for sure. And yeah. the ones who are meant to find you, you know, will find you and then it'll be like music to their ears too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I'll make this last comment and then I want to ask you one more question. I know I've yeah. kept you for, for an hour now. Um, yeah. I was talking to a therapist a few years ago, helping me through one of my lows and I was describing some anxiety and, you know, getting in my head about stuff and, he was like, I don't remember how he got here, but I remember him asking. He knew I played sports at a high level. And he said, let me ask you, did you have like a pregame routine? And I was like, yeah. He's like, how long was it? I was like, oh, the entire day I had kind of crafted the way that I needed it to get the result. Right. And he goes, so did you do it your way or did you do it like how other people told you to do it? <laughs> and I was like, no, I, I just kind of experimented over time at like what put me in the right headspace, what made me feel good. And he's like, so why aren't you doing that in your life right now? I was like, what? He's like, certainly whatever you're up to in life and business is more important than that stupid game back when you were a kid. 
can you not give yourself the same permission to say, for me to be at my best, I like to have my day go like this. And right. I give myself these rhythms and I give myself these, these, these habits. And I was like, I'm still wrestling with that, but like, it makes so much yeah. sense. And that's what I'm hearing from you. It's well, it's the same thing it goes to whether it's the chicken salad or the cappuccino or the, you know, iced tea or the Celsius, you know, half a Celsius in the afternoon when I start to go south or whatever it is, but just yeah. find whatever it is lights you up and then just kind of just, just add it in because it, it's huge. And, and it's funny you say that too, because so many times I think songs are one of the best ways to do it. And there are a couple songs, I Will Survive, which I've even told Gloria Gaynor this, and she has responded on Instagram. That um, <laughs> I was like, I Will Survive has gotten me through so many because it's so upbeat. And I'm always like, yes. Well, then I felt like I was meeting with these bankers and I, I'm doing this new project and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I just need something different than that. And somehow I found this song, like that song, Take a Chance on Me. And it's not even as upbeat as I Will Survive. But I was like, just singing, take a chance on me at the top of my lungs. And, you know, I went into that meeting where I had really no business asking for what I was asking for. And I was like, but I just kept saying, take a chance on me, take a chance on me, take a chance on me. Like, like I've got what it takes. You don't have the proof yet, but I promise you're going to, you know, so find it, Even if it's just a song, even if you just play it for 30 seconds, just yeah. try to have it change your deal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Music, music is the best way to change the state you're in. Totally. No doubt about it. Fastest. Like if, if you want to feel sad, you want to feel excited, you want to feel like you can take over the world, find a song that that's yeah. the feeling it conveys. And it just kind of seeps, seeps through if you'll let it go. You know, I mean, I have a, my friend is a really uh, popular musician and I just asked him yesterday because I was curious if he believed how I thought about it. I said, what do you think? The, I said, what do you think the point of music is? Like what, what role does it serve? And he sat there for a second and then he looked at me, he goes to make you feel something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes. Cause that's what it does to me as the listener. Like yeah. it just, it's, it's only role is to make you feel something. Yeah. To change as Anthony Robbins would say, to change your state, Yes, you know, whatever state 100%. it is, like increase whatever you're feeling or decrease it or, Okay, I'm too hyped up. I need to chill out here because I'm gonna come, you know, whatever it is. But I even have I even have playlists on my phone. One of them is called Guaranteed Happy. It's not even called like I have an upbeat one, which is just like, okay, that's good. That'll get me motivated, like clean the closet. But there's one that literally is called Guaranteed Happy, exclamation point. And that is my SOS one. That's when I am like, nothing is working. It is like and it doesn't have tons of songs because it, I mean it when I say guaranteed happy, but I put that on, man. And I'm like, all right, I got it. I can, I, I can get up one more time. One more time. That's all you got to do. One more time, you know? And I come on. Yeah. That's so good. All right. To end with, yes. I do want to know, I know you've got so many irons in the fire and we've only talked about, uh, you know, party goddess, but is there anything else that you've got going on right now that you'd like the audience to know how they could maybe, interact with you or uh what's out there for the world to yes well to there's so many things i have going we should do a whole nother podcast about how i decided to be a rancher and um solve the fire problems in the world um with um bad quality wool but that's a whole other day but i am <laughs> for the first i mean i feel like i literally am building a ranch as we speak and i freaking know not, a 20 acre is the fun it's the it's just a hot mess, but it's all at a shipping container. It's just a hot mess. Anyway, so that's one thing. But for the first time in like four years, I'm launching a product. And I would love, if, especially since we talked about productivity today, um, anybody who wants to take my productivity quiz and then you find out what cocktail you are. Like, so you put in all your little productivity answers and it spits it back and it's like, like I'm a vodka and Red Bull, surprise. But all you have to do is text the word quiz and it goes to 818. 600-0881. And it's super fast. So that would be the best thing. If they text quiz to 818-600-0881, then, then, then they get on my like business list and stuff and, and they can certainly opt out. But the quiz has been really fun. And I kind of just, I was just telling somebody about it, and they're like, this one is great. And I thought it's kind of getting to be the holidays, like cocktail season. So yeah, that's, that. that's the best way. Or of course on Instagram at the party goddess. 
Amazing. Well, Marley, we have to have you back on for round two. I mean, just okay. even just to hear whatever whatever story you just started to tell is, is unbelievable. No, if you you have no freak. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you told me I was going to be a sheep herder, whatever years ago, I would be like, yeah. But now I'm like, okay. And the staple count of that wool is, yeah. Talk about fake it till you make it. Sweet Jesus. God bless me. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, again, thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. We will for sure have you back on. So I appreciate it. Thank you. And thanks for doing the podcast and sharing all this great wisdom and pumping everybody out. Cause I know it's of a lot of work. Of course. Happy to do it. Thank you, Marley. Thank you. Founders. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and hop into our monthly founder email so we can ensure you stay on the edge of peak performance and massive business results.